A Steinbach firefighter will be donating his kidney to a fellow firefighter later this week. I'm Shannon Duick, and I had the privilege to interview Russ Reimer of Steinbach, who will be giving his kidney to his longtime friend, Kyle Schmidt. Kyle, maybe I'll start with you and just ask if you can just tell us uh, a bit about your health journey, and I guess especially as it pertains to your kidney. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Shannon. And my name's Kyle. I started in the fire service in 2001, a volunteer fire department out in Bozier. Um, spent the latter part of 10 years there before I was diagnosed with kidney disease, and probably around 2010, 2011, uh, it was a rare kidney disease known as IgA nephropathy, where your kidney filters just quit filtering your blood. Uh, they just basically just, just give up working. Um, so, you know, along my career in the fire service, I met Russ uh, in the city, uh, Manitoba Emergency Services College. We worked together at the, the Manitoba Fire College in Brandon. Uh, we teach together and we evaluate other firefighters together. And uh, we had some things in common. We were both uh, very passionate about the fire service. Um, so that was, you know, 2012-ish. Um, kidney disease progressed. And here we are, you know, late 2020, after, uh, you know, 20 years in the volunteer fire department and uh, better part of 15 years in the Winnipeg Fire Paramedic Service, I uh, hit kidney failure, in which my kidneys were basically working less than 20%. Um, and so far down, now they're down to about 5%. So I'm on peritoneal dialysis and I was blessed to put up the call for donors and, you know, Russ came out of the woodwork, an old friend from the Manitoba Fire Service, and he's offering to save my life. So I'm very grateful and, and very, very pleased, you know, happy and appreciative of his family for doing that and for him for going through the, the process, right? So, wow. That's... So that's my story, Shannon. I'm in kidney failure right now. Um, I was able to work full-time up until just recently where I just it was time to go off for a few months, just get ready for, for big surgery coming up. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just like Russ, kind of a 20-year firefighter. You know, we, we serve others. We enjoy helping the communities, and I guess it's my turn to, to get some help in return. That's kind of where I'm at. Kyle, how long have you been waiting for a donor, or, or tell us a bit about that as far as when that call went out. As far as I recall, Shannon, the, the call for the donor went out in late August of 2020. So uh, early September, late August 2020. So kind of just over a year and a half. We're coming up to almost two years now. Uh, so the, the call for a donor went out in August. I hit dialysis in November. So three months later, I was hooked to the machine for nine hours every night. I did it at home, saved my life. I actually turned out I felt great. Uh, after doing dialysis because you don't realize that your kidneys aren't working until they're not working. <laughs> it's too late, right? But in in, in either case, there was nothing I was going to do to change it, right? So my body had decided that the kidneys were, were done and I needed a new kidney. So um, that's kind of how that went. Kyle, is it okay if I ask you what would happen if you didn't get a donor? Like, like what would the next six months or a year or two or next couple years, what would that look like? So my understanding is like Manitoba's got the longest wait times for kidneys in Canada, um, sometimes up to a deceased donor. So if you don't have a live donor, you don't have any friends or family that are willing to get tested or, or they all come back testing negative, um, at which time you'd have to wait for a deceased donor. You could be on the list for, you know, six, eight, ten years before a deceased donor becomes available. 
Um, so it, it dramatically reduces your quality of life, right? Having a live donor just gives you that second chance. You know, we're looking at two years here. That's a very reasonable time frame um, to get to get back up and get back on my feet, raise my you know raise my daughter, spend some time with my wife, and obviously build our friendship with Russ and his family. So, so obviously, if I didn't get a kidney, I'd be stuck on dialysis. And as long as that would last, I mean, only, only uh, you know, only God knows, right? I wouldn't know how long that would last, but definitely going to give my quality of life back. Hopefully, get back on the fire truck here and get back to work, right? So. Russ, can you tell us how this all played out from your perspective? I guess obviously at some point you learned that a that a fellow firefighter needed a kidney. Yeah, it's an interesting story. Uh, like Kyle already said, we we actually know each other through rural and uh, met each other at a lead instructor workshop in Brandon many years ago. <clears throat> We're both the same number of years. I got hired on in Steinbach, uh 2001, so I'm in my 21st year here as well, and. Um, and but we do we do also both work for the Winnipeg Fire Department together, and I was actually off of shift uh, here at Steinbeck Fire, just walking through the station, <coughs> and another uh, Winnipeg firefighter who also is, is here at Steinbeck said to me over by the water cooler that uh, Kyle Schmidt uh, was in renal failure, that his kidneys had shut down, and I turned around and I said, I said these words, and <laughs> Kyle might find this funny, but I said. I said, um, my Kyle Schmidt? And he says, uh, Kyle Schmidt, like, you, like, and I said, like, MUC, like, my Kyle Schmidt, who I evaluate, and, yeah, he says, Kyle Schmidt is, and I said, well, what the heck, he's never told me uh, that he was even ill, and, and we just worked together, and he looked so good, and and so, uh, so I immediately texted uh, Kyle, like, right there, and I said, you know, what's the deal, are you, I hear you're in, kidney failure or however I worded it and and he came back to me saying yeah this is the the thing and and uh and so I just instantly like I had no idea there was a donor campaign I didn't know anything about giving a kidney I just I just said to him right there in the text well I'll give you my kidney and um and so I actually ended up calling um uh, he gave me the numbers because I mean I think that took him aback a little bit on I had no um, uh, no knowledge, no um, education, and I just said, well, I'll give you a kidney. And then when we hung up, actually, I asked uh, the other fireman, I said, can you do that? Can you can you give someone a kidney? I mean, you must be able to give a kidney, right? <laughs> and, um, and so I actually called the numbers Kyle gave me sort of backwards, and I just called them up in, in typical firefighter style, and I said, hey, uh, I understand uh, you have someone named Kyle Smith who's sick. Well, well, they they right away said we we can't tell you that you know like you, we don't say that on the phone and I said well I know that you do because I just talked to him and I want to give him my kidney so how do we do this how do I do this and so they kind of settled me down and just uh, backed me up a little bit with hey let's back up here a little bit and uh, get you some education and I didn't need it I mean for me it was just instantly. I, I, I felt for me as well that it was a God thing. And with my faith, I was like, oh, man, I am totally giving this kidney to Kyle. So that's, uh, that's how the journey began for me on um, me stepping up. Kyle, what was your reaction when you learned that Russ Reimer is willing to donate his kidney to you? Well, to this day, I'm still overwhelmed and very grateful, right? Um, my close family was kind of tested. and They all came back as negative matches including my brother. So 
when when Russ came out to be a match and he was willing to go through the process with me, I mean, it's just completely heartwarming, right? It, it gives you a new lease on life, and it just it it makes me appreciate, you know, the fire service makes me appreciate the fire, the friendships you develop in the fire service, and obviously, obviously, Russ and his family. I mean, you know, I got a young baby girl and stuff, so it's going to be nice to be there for her as a dad and and all that. So, yeah, it's I'm still kind of going through the emotions here to be honest with you it's uh coming down to the wire here so you know today tomorrow these are kind of the days of, you know special days with my family and just uh looking forward to the big day so russ tell us uh, you've sort of maybe answered this already but but why are you doing this huh. yeah that's uh i could speak volumes um <laughs> And I know on a phone call, there's not enough time. I hope people track us down to ask these stories, Kyle and I both, you know, because it's it's nice to share what's really going on, you know. And and for me, there's just no doubt. Um, I I have quite a quite a faith in in Jesus, and my life is. I met him years back, and it really changed my life. And I surrendered to follow him, uh, no matter what. And and I think thanks to how much he loves me, I just. I really love people, and and as soon as I heard Kyle was sick, I remember how I felt when I turned around and said like my Kyle, and I just sank <laughs> for him, you know. And I got I got emotional, and and I hope Kyle's emotional because I get emotional, and I just I just sank with this what, you know, and I wasn't okay with him being sick, and and uh, like he mentions his daughter not being able to go swimming with her or, or go do things and. And instantly that love, you know, that the father showing me, I just was overcome and just said almost angrily, like, well, I'll give him my kidney. Like, that, that's it. This has got to be fixed. And, and so, so ultimately, I can't actually sit here and take any credit for being some kind of great guy or, or this selfless individual who's just, wow, you know, this guy's really stepping up in the brotherhood. Um, I am stepping up in the brotherhood, but... But, uh, man, I can only give credit to God and my faith in, in Jesus because because I, I just wouldn't be this good. However, at the same time, I will say it's it's all my love. It's the way Jesus taught me to love, that I, I just love Kyle, and I love his wife, uh, Lindsay, and their daughter, and I just I just love them. And, um, and Mallory and I, we love them. And, and so I want to see them... Uh, uh, able to 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 live life. So when they said, "Yeah, you can live just fine with one kidney," uh, I'm like, "All right, let's go." And I was ready <laughs> yesterday to get this thing out. <laughs> so I mean, I would have I would have done it uh, like right away the next day if it was able to come out that day. And um, and I just I just love people at that level, and and uh, I just love Kyle uh, so much. I'm I'm so excited uh, to see uh, what this is going to do for him. So excited. Yeah, Russ, what was the reaction like from your friends and family when they learned that you were donating a kidney? Yeah, so the, because uh, I kind of, you know, I actually said uh, first that I'll give you a kidney, and then I checked with my wife, because um, <laughs> I said it so fast. Um, but I got to say, my wife, Mallory, I mean, she's actually in the process herself, If you, because if, if you want to wonder where she's at, uh, just uh, just over a week ago, she asked me if it would be okay if she became a living donor. So she's trying to give her kidneys to some 21-year-old girl. So we're, that really answers sort of where her heart was at as well. Um, and and so so she was immediately uh, behind me with this emotional 
um, like she was so proud. She was so happy. I would, I would do this. And, and, and then the kids also very proud, but I have four kids and they are, uh, you know, uh, 12 and under. So they naturally have walked into some fear around this. And with surgery coming on Thursday, they are, they're definitely, there's some fear happening there for them, um, because of the surgery itself. But however, uh, our, our second youngest boy, Chet, he one time we asked them very frank in the truck one day, and we brought this back to Health Science Center because they asked, well, how does the family feel? And Chet, we asked them, what happens if I die? So let's say I go to surgery on Thursday and I actually die, giving Kyle this kidney. And Chet spoke for all four kids, and he had this, this rationale on how I was, when I was born, this kidney was already being made for Kyle. And how even if I die, it's Kyle's kidney. And then all the kids nodded their heads that even if you die, that kidney is Kyle's. And then, of course, you know, Mallory's crying, and I'm all teared up. And I go back to health science, and I tell them what this 9-year-old boy said. And, uh, and then the nurses start crying, and, and everybody's like, okay, <laughs> this is the right family for this. <laughs> so um, the reaction has been pride. And, um, and again, pride in, in, uh, in Jesus. And, and then it's just, we would have been, we would have been devastated to be told that I couldn't give Kyle a kidney. So there's just, uh, we're very excited for, for Thursday. That's very powerful. Kyle, the same question for you. What was the reaction like from your friends and family when, when they learned that a fellow firefighter would be donating his kidney to you? Well, my close family definitely, uh, was overwhelmed and, and they were with joy and blessing because most, you know, some of them had tried, you know, my brother included, um, you know, my relatives out West in Edmonton and I have some in Hawaii, they were trying to get tested, but logistically it just made it, you know, that much more difficult across Canada and across you know, international borders to, to get a kidney. So, so when Russ made himself available and, and the testing started to work out, I mean, everybody's just full of joy, right? You know, again, it comes back to being there for my daughter and being there for, for the community and the fire service and also for Russ and his family in the future. So everybody is, uh, I mean, obviously we're hoping that this is, you know, a successful surgery and everything, you know, moves on in a positive light and, and I can continue to be a, a benefit to society. Um, everybody's just overwhelmed with joy and, and love and, like, the gratitude and the blessing that, that Russ shares with us is, is also, you know, uh, very special to us so so uh yeah we're just learning to to manage the emotions moving forward here and uh i mean the big day is coming up and and hopefully in back in a few months russ i'll be back on the fire truck we can get a picture <laughs> together <laughs> mm-hmm. yep you mentioned thursday's a big day so tell us i guess uh are you able to say where where it's happening and uh and what time the procedure is yeah well, I, I i know that uh our surgery's at health science center which uh makes sense I know that I, uh, the way I was told is Kyle's going to be admitted tomorrow already to um, probably for just extra isolation precautions and get him more ready. He has a lot going on. And, uh, and I will get the surgery first. And I know that I'm admitting at 8 a.m. And so we're just estimating that I will probably uh, be put under around 10 and my understanding is the surgery, I'll be under for about three to four hours. And so I'll probably come out around two. And then the kidney actually goes on ice. And they sanitize the entire OR. And then Kyle will go in next into that same OR where I was. And the kidney will go in 
to him. So I would assume that somewhere between two and four, he's probably going in there and then coming out early evening. And then uh, the only unfortunate part, and this is a bummer because especially being two firemen, I would have loved to have our beds. Uh, it would have actually been fun to have bunk beds so we can <laughs> fool around with pranks in the hospital. Uh, but my uh, my understanding is uh, because his surgery is a lot more, they open him up a lot more than they will me. Um, he, he's going to be in a ICU longer than I will. And so I don't know if we're going to get to be together on the ward. Um, I, I'm sure once he is on the ward, I'll hobble over and try to find him and, and pull some prank if I'm still at the hospital. But, uh, but I also, for myself, uh, they're saying some people can go home um, in just two days already, or even in just over a day, depending on how well they recover. Um, but it could be up to three days for me, and I think for I think for Kyle, it's it's quite a bit longer, quite a few more days into into next week. But uh, so the day is kind of a full day there of of surgery for him and I hogging that OR and uh, kidney. It's my left kidney he's getting, and so I'm going to be a little heavier actually on my right side, so my my shoes might wear out funny on the. On the right side, 300 grams, I think they told me, <laughs> um, heavier on the right side. So, yeah, that's kind of how the day's going to go Thursday. And uh, I warned them, uh, I don't know what uh, the rules are at HSC if the fire department shows up, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Kyle, I know you've uh, certainly hinted at this already uh, about your return to work. Do you sort of have any sort of timeline or goal as to, as to when that might happen? Yeah, I mean, I I work. Actually, I was blessed with a, a promotion as soon as I was diagnosed. So I moved into a fire inspector role, so kind of an office administrative position. So I was off the truck, uh, in a good spot, kind of as this all took place. Like I said, someone's been watching over me this whole time, and and I was very fortunate enough to to get you know kind of a decent workspace while I, while I was going through kidney failure. So. I've worked this whole time. Um, my plan uh, initially here would be, you know, obviously get through surgery, heal up. Uh, I think they're talking like eight to ten weeks, you know, back to work in, in some capacity. And then, uh, you know, my, my hope would be kind of maybe by, by the end of the year or end of next year even would be back on, you know, get back to full firefighting duties, right? Once my, once my abdominal muscles build up again and I'm able to be a firefighter, you know, be strong enough to do the job, then I'd hope to get back, right? So... Wow. Eight to ten weeks, I think, just to get back uh, back into the office to start with, and then we'll go from there. And Russ, how about you? How long? When when would you expect to get back to work? Yeah. So so the letter I have for myself, they say six to eight weeks. So uh, less than Kyle, um, because I'm not opened up quite as much. But same thing. He mentioned the abdominal wall is the is the trouble. Um, and uh, and then of course our line of work, firefighting. You know, there's it's pretty tough to even. Um, uh, put someone into light duties, let's say, because there's not a lot that we do in the fire service that doesn't involve extra PPE and, and added weight. And the weight um, amount, I've been told here, even after a month, uh, is like less than five pounds. So you're not, uh, <laughs> you know, even if you were cooking up uh, uh, the meat for the guys at uh, at four station where I work, it would, it would almost... Uh, <laughs> it would be over that amount. So it's like, um, it's a very small amount of weight. So um, I, I'll, I want to err on the side of, of caution for being with one kidney moving forward and being a, a firefighter. So 
Yeah, I expect six to eight weeks. I don't. I personally don't expect on my end of things not to move right back into fire suppression. So I do expect to be back at four station on uh, Osborne. That's where my uh, where I'm stationed right now in Winnipeg. I do expect to be back there hopefully late June, early July, and um, and then in the meantime, with the time off, we're just uh, uh, you know trying to sort that all out, how that's actually going to all work and and uh, be covered and so forth. Those are the only questions I have. Anything else either one of you wanted to say? Like Manitoba still has an opt-in donor program, right? Like sign up for life should be, to to me, that's my message to the world is everybody has to sign up for life on, you know, signupforlife.ca to express their organ donation wishes, right? When they pass away, their driver's license card is is no longer valid, right? You, You need to go on the internet. You need to register on the database so that, you know, so that the hospital system knows what your wishes are in case you pass, right? Um, Manitoba's got, uh, you know, very long wait times for surgery. They're actually doing quite well. I, I see them doing transplants like two a week now. I, I keep an eye on them. So they, they are picking up. But, uh, but there's always a need for more kidneys. There's tons of people on dialysis. I guess my message out there, Shannon, if Nova Scotia went to an opt-out donor program, right, uh, I think early 2021, where they have to opt out of being an organ donor. So you're presumed or you're deemed to, to, hey, you live here, this is our rules, you know, you will give your organs unless you make a choice and say no, right? Right now in Manitoba, it's the opposite. You don't, you have to express that. Well, nobody does, right? So, so, you know, there's a push on to kind of change the system here in Manitoba to follow Nova Scotia. You know, there's 40 or 50 countries around the world that already do this. You know, Spain is one of them. And they they enjoy, you know, lucrative health care and that because they don't have all these extra burdens on the system. Because they make use of the organs, they you know they save lives, they get people off dialysis, they get people what they need. These mm-hmm. organs are available. It's just we got to get to the point where they're getting it to other you know they're, they're transferred <laughs> through through some sort of legislation, right?